Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cinema Soft Underbelly. I am your host, Eugene Weaver, and if you're listening, then you probably by now know what the show is about, and that is movies, 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 movies. Sometimes it's, most of the times it's horror and science fiction and fantasy and all that good stuff, <clears throat> and then every now and then I uh, I delve into uh, other genres, <clears throat> which today I might because... Uh, I'm going to do some recently watched, just get caught up on that. Uh, if any listeners out there follow me on, uh, Movie Freaks, then you'll realize that there was no episode from last week. Hopefully we'll get one taped this week, but my recently watched is backing up and therefore I want to discuss it. So, uh, and that's where it might get into a bit of non-horror stuff. But I will start with some horror stuff. And I know that I've covered this before on my show in depth. And so I won't spend as much time this time, but I can't not talk about these movies. And that would be Hammer Horror from uh, Hammer Studios. And I've been, with my personality, I like to... Every now and then I'll like I'll watch a movie, and it's something that that I, I I'll rewatch a movie, and it's something that I really like, and then I'll be like, okay, now I have to watch everything else from that actor or director or studio or genre. Sometimes it's like I'll watch a war movie, and it's like, okay, now I have to watch a whole bunch of war movies, or oh, no, I watched a Vincent Price movie. Now I have to watch a whole bunch of Vincent Price movies, and. Uh, Recently, I uh, rewatched The Mummy's Shroud, which is one of my favorite Hammer movies uh, from the 60s. And because of that, I actually had my buddy Steve Miller up from uh, Cinema Sidekicks, and him and I watched Dracula, Prince of Darkness, and Hellraiser, double feature. And Prince of Darkness is obviously the, uh, the third entry in the Hammer Dracula series following... Uh, the, obviously, the first Dracula, and the uh, second one, which is uh, Brides of Dracula, and then Dracula, Prince of Darkness. Dracula, Prince of Darkness is probably my favorite of the Hammer Dracula series. The first one is the most iconic with the best uh, score, and the fact that Christopher Lee actually talks in the first one makes it, um, makes it gives it that extra little bite. No pun intended. Now, obviously, after Prince of Darkness, he he talks, but in Prince of Darkness, he does not utter one line of dialogue, and it makes him all the more menacing and sinister in that one. Brides of Dracula, what's cool about Brides of Dracula, which I, I recently rewatched that one as well, and while it's, it, it is not as good as the, the first couple of Christopher Lee Draculas, it's, it's still a really good movie. What's cool is, is in Christopher or, uh, Peter Cushing is in this as Van Helsing. Uh, the story is very very similar, but Christopher Lee is not in it. He was killed in the first one. Spoiler alert! And so now it's it's kind of his offspring and his brood in uh, over in Romania, whatever. And so what's cool about that movie though is 
every bit of Brides of Dracula, you just feel like Christopher Lee's presence is still there. He's not in the movie at all, but he it feels like he's there. And it, so it, it definitely fits into the Dracula world, the Hammer Dracula world. When we get to Dracula Prince of Darkness, which I believe that that came out in 1966. Um, I'm going to look that up here. Prince of Darkness. Um, which, by the way, the title is so cool and so evil and menacing. Uh, yeah, that was 66 is when Prince of Darkness came out. Uh, Terrence Fisher directed it, which he made a lot of really, really good Hammer horror movies. After Prince of Darkness, things started to go downhill ever so slightly with each progressive Dracula movie. Dracula Has Risen from the Grave, which was 68. Um, uh, no, what else do we have here? Dracula, I Taste the Blood of Dracula, which was 70. Scars of Dracula, which was also 70. Um, that one there, things start to go downhill. Uh, Dracula AD, and then uh, uh, The Satanic Rites of Dracula. But Dracula Prince of Darkness is everything that makes Hammer Studios what it was. And I love that. I love the fact that um, Pinewood Studios, and shooting in the forest there, and uh, obviously Christopher Lee. Uh, this one here has a, has a sacrifice scene in it that is, even by today's standards, gruesome. And I'm impressed. I, I'm very impressed. The first time I saw this movie... I was taken aback. I was like, whoa, I was not expecting that from a 1966 horror movie, but it's graphic. Uh, but stakes in the heart and cool gothic castles and little dirty towns with, with suspicious uh, villagers drinking their mead and all that good stuff. I, everything about it is cool. And of course, of course, with so many of these Hammer movies, the abrupt ending. And this one here, uh, it feels like, and this is not the only one that does this, but it feels like, okay, here we go. Now it's time for the big showdown roll credits. And it's actually comical. The more you watch these Hammer movies, the more you get used to it and you appreciate it. And I do. It's, it's straight up Kung Fu, like Shaw Brothers Kung Fu ending to where it's, it's, we're going, uh, we're going, the plot is building, we're building, we're building. Now there's a big end battle scene that's really getting going. Boom, end credits. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, they did it for Sh uh, The Mummy Shroud, which is my favorite mummy movie from Hammer Studios. And uh, <clears throat> of all the Frankenstein movies, I am sure, and I haven't revisited those in uh, about a, not quite a year. I watched uh, Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell, but rather recently, but they all do the same thing. And I like that. I, I get a kick out of it. So anyway, the other Hammer movies that, so that got me on a Hammer kick, of course. So I had to start going through uh, different Hammer movies. I watched Hands of the Ripper, uh, which is about Jack the Ripper's daughter. And it's, uh, it's a slasher movie, essentially. And it's somewhat tame by, for some reason, Hands of the Ripper, while I enjoy it, I think that Brides of or, yeah, well, the Dracula series, Brides of Dracula, Dracula, Prince of Darkness, uh, Mummy Shroud are certainly better, and especially the the one scene in Prince of Darkness, I think, is more gruesome than anything found in Hands of the Ripper. But Hands of the Ripper is very notorious for being a very violent graphic movie. But watching it, I'm like, yeah, there's there's parts, but 
I think it was because it was a slasher movie. And the other ones are still gothic horror uh, with, you know, your your classic creature feature type thing. So anyway, uh, Hands of the Ripper, still a good movie. Um, and then some of the other ones that I've recently watched in the realm of Hammer uh, were, uh, I recently rewatched Kiss of the Vampire. And I actually got that imported from Germany on Blu-ray. And there is, at this point, uh, I believe there's only one Hammer uh, Hammer horror movie on Blu-ray that I do not own yet, and that is The Phantom of the Opera. Not as good of a Hammer movie, but it's still good, and I will own every single Hammer movie on Blu-ray. And so eventually, when I find it for a good price, I'm going to snatch that one up, but that one there is generally quite expensive to import. Um, and I've said before on the show, if, if you listen to this show, I highly advise you to, uh, invest in a region free Blu-ray player. There's some great deals out there. If you really do your research and shopping for not only a region free Blu-ray player, but also for, uh, Blu-rays for region B Blu-rays from Germany, from Australia, from the UK, from France, from Italy. Uh, there's a plethora of stuff out there that is not available here in the States. And you might think, well, that's, uh, that's a pain in the butt import it. Actually, you know, it's not once you're signed up with Amazon, sometimes the shipping can be pretty pricey, but the Blu-rays themselves I've found at times to be very reasonable. And with the VAT exchange, it comes out to be not that bad, but you have to have patience. Sometimes it takes these movies a long time to arrive at your doorstep, especially coming from Amazon. For some reason, Amazon UK takes forever. I actually got the uh, this Kiss of the Vampire from Germany, uh, and this was not through Amazon. This was actually a seller from Germany that ships internationally, and I got that way sooner than anything that I would get from Amazon UK. So I'm not sure if it's just it's an Amazon UK thing, but uh, from Germany, it took a couple weeks to get here, and I'm I'm pr- I'm quite impressed. Uh, so anyway, Kiss of the Vampire is from 1963. Don Sharp directed that one. Don Sharp has done uh, some other stuff as well for uh, for Hammer Rasputin, the Mad Monk. I bel- I think he directed Rasputin, which is another gem from Hammer. I'm actually getting ready to revisit that one. Um, maybe he didn't direct it, but he wasn't. No, he did direct it. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, Rasputin and... Uh, Kiss of the Vampire. Uh, now, with Kiss of the Vampire, this was after Hammer had introduced the world to Dracula via Christopher Lee. Um, Kiss of the Vampire, I've watched it twice now, and stories, uh, these stories are all very, very similar. This one here, uh, this honeymooning couple have car trouble, and they break down in a small southern European village. And there's an aristocratic type family that up on the mountain in this big castle that the, the, the one guy that the father is watching this whole scenario unfold with the car breaking down through his, uh, through his telescope. And so they, they convince this couple to come up and party with them, which is very interesting. In fact, uh, it's very, very, very reminiscent of Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut. In fact, I cannot imagine 
that Kubrick didn't get some ideas from his ballroom parties uh, with the masks towards the end of, or midway through Eyes Wide Shut from Kiss of the Vampire. So that in and of itself is worth watching this movie, but it's very, very tame, especially considering this came after uh, Hammer's first Frankenstein movie and Mummy and Dracula. Uh, this one here is extremely... PG level stuff here. Not not to say that uh, some of the other Hammer stuff isn't you know right around PG rated stuff, but I don't know why this one here feels a lot more safe. And uh, it's probably because Christopher Lee is not in it, and the main villain and villains, the Coven, are just not that. It, it, they're not that menacing. It takes them a little too long, and they they're a little bit too. Their the logic with what they do it seems a bit silly. They go through a lot of hassle to get these people up to the castle, and it. But having said that, it has all the hammer gothic uh, fog and cool settings that you'll ever want or look for in a movie like this. And sometimes that's all it takes is just that, that gothic atmosphere that you don't find in movies anymore. Uh, if you want a, a more recent gothic horror movie that I think really echoes back to the hammer days and does a, does a good job of it. Uh, I know that hammer has came out with some of their own, like uh, the uh, woman in black with Daniel Radcliffe, which was a very, very good movie. The sequel was not so much, but the, the original one was very good. But I keep going back to uh, the others. Um, and I'm guessing that at this point, most people have seen the others with Nicole Kidman uh, from 2001. That movie there really feels like a Hammer movie with the fog, with the big gothic house, uh, with the slowly un unraveling things are slowly going from bad to worse to worse, but it's very leisurely paced. A lot of these movies, even though they're only like 85 to 90 minutes long, are rather leisurely paced to where the first half hour or so is, is set up. There might be one scene of something sinister. You know, Things gradually pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up, and that's just the way these movies go. Now, Kiss of the Vampire goes one step further, and it really takes its time to where... Once you finally get to the party, and the party is admittedly very cool, um, the, it's kind of the centerpiece of the movie, and then we kind of pull back a little bit, and we slow things down, uh, and then there's another big showdown. But the big showdown in the end, uh, they they try a bit too hard with there's these vampire bats that are very obviously fake, uh, and they, it seems like they try a little too hard and try to be too big with what they were trying to accomplish and it didn't quite work. I much, I, I much would rather would see something like, uh, something like Christopher Lee's Dracula facing off against Van Helsing one-on-one -on -one or like a couple of people trying to kill the count, the end versus a big coven. It just, it got a bit too much for me. I'm kind of dogging on Kiss of the Vampire, but it's because the bar was set so high with uh, some of the other Hammer movies of that time, or right around the you know very very late '50s uh, in through the '60s, because that was their golden age. The golden age of Hammer to me is right in the mid '60s, mid to uh, upper '60s, uh, somewhere in there. But anyway. Um, uh, and then from there, right after that, then I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to take a break from Hammer. Nope, no, I'm not. 
So I watched Plague of the Zombies, which is possibly my second or third favorite Hammer movie. I I keep liking this movie more and more every single time I watch the movie. I like it more. And the first time I watched it, I'm like, okay, that was okay. But it's fantastic. It's so good. 1966 zombie movie, but it's not with flesh-eating zombies. It's slave zombies from uh, some South American island, and they're slaves to this aristocratic clan of uh, voodoo devil worshiper guys like this this blue bu- these these blue blood aristocratic type guys and uh, they just rule over this little town in the middle of god knows where and whenever someone gets killed or dies by their hands they get brought back as zombies to work for them and it's so cool i love this movie uh tons of fog tons of creepy atmosphere the zombies look really really good uh, but if you're going in thinking, okay, flesh-eating zombie movie, wrong, it's not that at all. It is, uh, uh, it's just bizarre, and I think it's so cool. It works so well. Uh, this one here, it, what's great about um, the, the, this little chunk of Hammer movies that I'm talking about today is Plague of the Zombies and uh, Dracula, Prince of Darkness, Rasputin, the Mad Monk, and the Reptile were all filmed back-to-back-to-back-to-back, pretty much, right in 1966, and using a lot of the same actors, a lot of the same sets. Uh, Now, uh, Plague of the Zombies, and um, I want to get this right, but I believe Plague of the Zombies and Rasputin uh, were teamed or filmed at the same location, and then uh, Prince of Darkness and Reptile were same, filmed at the same location, or whatever it was. It, basically, it was two and two, same actors, a lot of the same actors, and the same sets uh, to save money, and it works. And in fact, right after Play of the Zombies, I watched The Reptile, and The Reptile is um, is another good Hammer movie that I like more and more the, the more I watch it. Uh, this guy and his wife, they inherit a cottage in this small country village after his brother dies, and the locals are not very friendly to him, and there's a neighborhood doctor, and the doctor has a daughter, and the daughter is a reptile creature thing from the Orient, and is biting people in the neck, and there's a couple parts that are like, whoa, that's, now we're treading deeply into PG-13 rated territory here with that. It's more drama than horror, but when the horror does hit towards the end, really, really works well. I, I, I dig this movie. Not as much as Plague of the Zombies and, uh, and Dracula Prince of Darkness. I would say that Rasputin, the Mad Monk, which I'm going to be re-watching here uh, as soon as I'm, uh, well, probably in the next day or two, but uh, Rasputin and the Reptile are very similar as far as more of drama with some some horror elements, whereas Plague and Prince of Darkness are very much gothic horror. Uh, But anyway, if you watch these movies, all four of these movies, in very close proximity to each other, you will see a lot of the same sets and same actors. Um, Music is uh, similar. And I think that's cool. I like that bit of history that they made four good movies and they were very frugal about it and they're they turned out really good uh again i'm going back to plague of the zombies it's i just finished it it's such a good movie and i these all these movies by the way 
Studio Canal released in the UK on Blu-ray. And I imported them, and they are phenomenal. Each one of them has at least a half-hour uh, documentary on the history of that particular movie and where it fell in line with the other Hammer movies. Uh, they talk a little bit about the restoration process of these movies, the, the scoring, how the movie went over at the time, uh, all that good stuff. I love to hear about the restoration process for these movies because these movies were beat up. And uh, the fact that the painstaking love that went into remastering these movies digitally and really trying to keep with uh, the aesthetic of what they looked like when they were originally released is amazing. And they actually have these special feature, one special feature on all of these discs. It's a side-by-side -side comparison, only about three minutes long. And they will have a, it's a split screen type thing and it'll show you the before remaster and then what it looked like after the remaster. And you wouldn't, it's almost like it's not even the same movie. It's that cleaned up and beautiful. And uh, like, especially for uh, Plague of the Zombies, watching that restoration bit, like it was like a dull pinkish hued tint. It looked awful. It looked terrible. In fact, it would be, it looked so bad that it's not one that I would even watch. Like I, if I would see that on a streaming channel or whatever, I wouldn't even watch it. It looked, it looks that bad. It's like, what is this cheap looking horrible thing? Um, but then you pop in the Blu-ray and it's just vibrant, bright colors and the, you know, and the gothic fog and the castles. It, it's beautiful. So cool. Um, so anyway, Rasputin the Mad Monk is going to be happening real soon. And then uh, The Devil Rides Out. I'm going to watch that one again. And again, I've talked about these movies before on my show. But uh, I just I, – once I get into a kick, I have to rewatch them and then I have to talk about them because that's what I do on my show. I talk about my movies that I like. And I love me some hammer horror. I, I know that a lot of people think that the uni – I've said this before. A lot of people think that the universal creatures features from way back in the 30s are what began horror. And for the most part, you're right. But for me, horror officially started with Hammer uh, where we get blood red you know, color movies with blood in them and – the women in them are – they are trying to be a little more sexy in them and it's a lot more foreboding and evil, especially when we get into stuff like The Devil Rides Out, which is a nasty, nasty slice of satanic horror, uh, especially for back in those days. I'm like, wow, that's uh, – this is pretty evil. Uh, and same goes for Prince of Darkness. It's uh, – you know – He's the Prince of Darkness, and there's a sacrifice scene. And, and then, of course, once we get to the 70s, that's when Hammer really jumped the shark, and they tried to play catch-up with The Exorcist, and Night of the Living Dead had, had come out, and so and Texas Chainsaw Massacre was in 74. Well, that was in 74, but in the early 70s, uh, Hammer was, was really struggling with their gothic horror, so they were throwing in uh, copious amounts of TNA as well as a lot more gruesome bloodshed in their gothic horrors, but I love that. I think that's so cool. Check out Vampire Circus, Twins of Evil, uh, Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell, even Hands of the Ripper. A lot of those movies, you can just tell, like, they're really going for it. Like, it's like let's just let's just throw everything in the kitchen sink and see what sticks. Uh, especially Vampire Circus. That thing is nuts, and I like it. I like them all. Uh, there's only one Hammer movie, that I truly don't like, but I do want to give it another rewatch just in the off chance that 
Maybe I'll like it a second time, maybe. Uh, but that is Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter. I did not like that movie. That was a chore to get through. And that came in the, uh, I think it was the mid-70s. And I remember almost nothing of that movie other than, eh, I'm good. So, anyway, that's uh, that's my bit on Hammer. And uh, for people that are just getting into, uh, that that want to explore the plethora of movies that Hammer came out with. And they came out with, it's not just horror. They had pirate movies. They had uh, action-adventure movies, uh, sword and sandal movies. I believe they may even had some comedies, some uh, some suspense thrillers. Paranoiac is one of them with Oliver Reed. Great movie. Uh, uh, one called Nightmare, The Silent Scream. Um, there's a uh, Don't Take Candy from a, from a Stranger, which is just a, ugh, that's like a, a pedophile type movie with the death of a child. And um, again, some of these movies are like, wow, I can't believe that they went there back then. That's a black and white movie from a long, long time ago. So Hammer is not just known for their horror movies, although they're best known for their horror movies, but they have a ton of other movies. And I highly advise you to seek them out. Uh, they're pirate series. They had, they did a couple of movies with pirates and they're so good. Captain Clegg is one of them. It is Fantastic. Such a great movie. Peter Cushing is in it. Uh, there was another uh, pirate movie, uh, Pirates of Blood River, I believe, and I think that Christopher Lee is in that one. Some of these are, there's like actual Hammer series on DVDs. Um, I, I prefer, obviously, the Blu-rays, but for those of you looking for Region 1 and want to get into some Hammer stuff, there are ways to do that. Some of the Anchor Bay DVDs with Hammer movies, like single Hammer movies, are out of print. But you can you can still find uh, some of the Draculas, like in a four-pack, or uh, there's uh, Icons of Adventure from Hammer, which has the pirate movies, uh, Suspense. There's a Suspense uh, double disc with a bunch of their more like black-and-white suspense-type movies. Uh, and then they've got a couple of compilation horror movies. Uh, DVDs as well. A lot of those movies. Now, there's one in particular that I, that I actually now have almost all of the uh, um, all of the movies that are found on that particular disc on Blu-ray now. So that's a good thing. Um, but anyway, that's I'm yapping and yapping about Hammer, and I thought that here's what I thought that I was going to get into today, actually, and that is and the complete polar opposite. I thought I was going to get into the Harry Potter series. Totally nothing to do at all with Cinema's uh, Soft Underbelly, but I've been rewatching the Harry Potter series as well. One of my most beloved series of all time, and I just wanted to talk about that briefly. But you know what? I might save that for another time, even though it's not horror underbelly stuff. It is fantasy, and I love that series, and I'm going to talk about it. So anyway, you know what? That's going to wrap my show up for today. I've talked uh, – I didn't even get into some of the Mario Bava stuff that I've recently watched and wanted to share. uh, Yeah, so many movies in so little time. But uh, hopefully you've enjoyed me yapping again about Hammer. I talk so much about Hammer Studios, but I love them. They're great. Check out out their work. They're so good. Um, I'm so glad to have uh, have stumbled across Hammer uh, years ago now because I'll watch anything that – those that company made back in the 50s, 60s, 70s. So anyway, that's going to do it for my show. You can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com for any questions, comments, 
concerns, movies I should watch, movies I should avoid, all that good stuff, or to, just to chime in. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Almost never. Uh, please make sure to listen to my other show that I'm on, co-hosting with Eric Marner. That is called Movie Freaks. You can find us on iTunes as well as Facebook. And then our friends over at Cinema Sidekicks, they're going through their top 100. And uh, it's always a an enjoyable listen, guys. So anyway, that's going to do it for my show. Once again, thanks for listening. And until next time.